Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Leslie Tane. Leslie, are you ready to do this? I am. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're very welcome. Let's do this. Leslie is the founder and managing director of the Tane Law Group. She is a sought-after speaker, frequent contributor to outlets such as Fox News, CBS, The Huffington Post, and Forbes, and she is a best-selling author. I'm excited to have you on. Leslie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. So, um, well, I've been an attorney over 20 years in the area, mostly in consumer and debt resolution. As far as my personal life goes, I am married to a wonderful man. We have five children together. Three are mine, two are his. Every single one of them is in college right now. So. Wow. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> need I say more? So uh, we um, have certainly been through uh, an understanding of personal finance on our own. But from a business perspective, uh, debt and money has been my life for uh, most of my adult life. And um, yeah, so that's uh, as far as my other part of my personal life. That's a big part of my personal life. I raise guide dogs for the Guide Dog Foundation and America's Vet Dogs. So I often have anywhere from four to seven dogs at any one time and always puppies. Uh, and I love and I'm very passionate about that organization and so much so that I became a board member as well for both organizations. Very cool. So guide dogs, what, what exactly does that mean? That means they are, uh, there's two organizations, America's Vet Dogs. Um, so if you're familiar with Sully, uh, President Bush's dog, that Sully came from our organization. He is, he and all the other dogs uh, help veterans who uh, were injured in the line of duty and honorably discharged. So we give dogs free of charge to veterans who have all kinds of disabilities as a result of uh, their active duty and service to our country. The, on the, um, Guide dog side, we give dogs to adults who have uh, eyesight uh, issues and disabilities. So uh, many of those dogs will help individuals who are blind um, have tremendous amount of freedom and give them a whole new life. I think that's, a, that's fantastic. So how did you find yourself working with debt and money? So it's really started out as I was in-house counsel to a national debt company uh, tw about almost 25 years ago, uh, or a little over 20 years at this point, and um, it was sort of a fluke. Uh, it wasn't like when I was in law school, that's where I said I was headed. It was uh, an opportunity to be in-house counsel to uh, a company that uh, managed uh, debt related issues. And I, I learned a lot while I was there. I was there for a couple of years and then I branched out on my own and started my own practice to really service people in the best possible way from a legal perspective in terms of resolving debt. It was a huge need in the market, certainly then and now, for people to have a, a trusting, safe environment where they can go for personal finance related issues. And personal finance issues certainly uh, carry over to business finance because most businesses, small businesses especially, uh, rely on the owner's or co-owner's personal finance. So that's how I got started in it. Got it. So from then to where we are today, 
how has how has debt changed in our country and how have your feelings about it changed Oh, debt in this country. So I've always said that I feel like I'm on the front lines of uh, of debt-related issues. I mean, I am really in the trenches with those who are suffering terribly. And so when I started in this practice area, um, I would see more of the you know, for lack of better explanation, the Jerry Springer type of clientele where, uh, you know, there was just an over, just carelessness and overspending. But over the time, and as I got to know people and clients throughout the country, there started out with a little bit of uh, a financial issue in the Midwest where businesses were closing and there was a a bit of a recession in the Midwest with, again, for, that's my, those are my words. Um, And that trickled over to, the larger cities and there is so if you look at the country which is kind of a um, individual personal debt is like a microcosm of what goes on in the larger government arena mismanagement of money um, constantly wondering you know are you going to meet the budget or deadlines are you going to have enough money to pay your bills and that is the prevailing issue that I see in the uh, finance world with individuals. And it's not anybody's fault. It's not like somebody comes to me and I can turn around and say, you were really bad and you don't know how to manage your money. The reality is that it gets very out of control very quickly. And before you know it, you can be really in over your head. And most people have been using credit cards over the last 20 years to get themselves out of being in over their head meaning they don't have enough cash flow to pay for the things that they need or want, so they supplement with credit cards. And it's only a small payment. So even if your balance is five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars, it's a it's a payment that you're making. And in reality, it's not designed to be paid off because of the interest rates and the way the programs are designed. So it's a it's a vortex that you get sucked into from a financial perspective that is very hard to dig yourself out of. Unless you're going to come into money, have substantial increases in income, you know, something's going to change dramatically enough in your personal financial situation that's going to get you out of that. And for most people, that's really not ever going to be the case. So in my experience and what I see is that they people manage and they hang on and they hang on and every month things get a little bit worse or they stay the same. Like so the balances don't go down, but I really don't have any money in the bank. But my credit is good because I pay my bills on time. So I feel like my credit is good and I don't want to ruin that situation. But the truth is that it's the thinking is what's off a little bit. And when clients come to me, they realize that their whole process and procedure for managing their personal and business finances has been off because the thought process of how to manage it is off. It's really based on marketing from credit card companies, loan companies that here, you need this loan and you need this credit card to help you in your situation. But the truth is those things don't help. They make them worse. They add to the pressure. They add to the bottom line and they're not part of the resolution process. The resolution process is really very different from what has been taught to us through marketing efforts of banks and and lenders. So that's really what I've seen over the years. Um, I don't see it 
ending, to tell you the truth. I, I don't see it changing. I see people coming to me and they get enlightened and they learn from their mistakes, but it's a microcosm. It's a small amount of people, in even though I have a busy practice, in comparison to the overall issues that are out there. And when I have somebody say to me, I can't live without my credit card, I know immediately that they are stuck in that mindset that's been conditioned to them through marketing and advertising and through what you see online. So those banks have very strong marketing efforts. And when you Google something and you research something, their efforts are going to be the ones that come up faster than um, smaller uh, individual companies that you might be looking for different information on, on how to really manage and budget your money. Got it. I think that that all makes sense. So when people do come into your office and they say, I, I can't live without my credit card, and and then you're able to shift their thinking a little bit, can you walk me through that conversation? Yeah, sure. So, so, so if I sit down with somebody and they, it's usually twofold. It's I can't live without a credit card and um, I don't want to ruin my credit. But their credit is the, let's talk about the credit score first. So the credit score is uh, a complete misnomer. It's a misunderstanding of what that score means. You can have a 780 credit score, which is a high credit score, but have no money in the bank. Yes, you pay your bills on time, but you have debt and you have and you are not a good lender's qualified borrower. So for lack of better words, it's more about you're really not a good credit risk, even though your score is good. And it's great that your score is good, but it doesn't do you good in any other area other than saying I have a good credit score because you don't have any money. So on the other hand, if you lowered that credit score to 680 and you had money in the bank, cash in the bank, and you paid your bills, but you had less bills, you would actually find that you would be equal to the person with the 780 credit score in some ways. You would have more opportunities because you wouldn't have to take on as much debt because you're carrying less debt. But in time, that credit score will come up. So when it comes to sitting with somebody who feels that way, it's getting them to understand the difference. So here's what I say. I understand that you don't want to live without your credit cards, but how much available credit do you actually have on those cards? So usually it's just a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars where they're making a payment and then that reduces the balance uh, so they can use the card again. But if I say to you, potential client, that I can reduce your cash flow and then we can come up with a budget that makes sense where you're using cash to pay for things as opposed to using your credit card and then you're in a position where you can start putting money away, would you find that that's a better option? Yeah, but I need my credit card because I don't have any money. I, and I understand that. Or what if there's an emergency that comes up? So I say, well, if you don't have enough available credit on your credit card anyway, then what is the, what is the emergency going to cover? And if it's a serious emergency, you're going to go through insurance. If you have a car accident, if you have uh, something that goes wrong in your house, it's not a large amount of money that you're going to need the credit card for. You need the credit card for small little things. Uh, you know, when I mean small things, a few, a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. Otherwise, you're going through insurance. So when I get them to see the light and we take a look at the budget and we take a look at the spending and we take a look at how we can make adjustments to paying credit cards and reduce the balances and get them paid off in 
three, you know, 36 to 48 months versus 28 to 32 years, then all of a sudden there's a light and a realization that you can get out of the debt and you can change your entire personal financial situation by making these adjustments in a very short period of time. So anywhere from 36 to 48 months on average, so three to four years, if somebody said to you in three to four years, you would have money in the bank, um, your credit would be on the rise, you wouldn't have all this debt, but your credit score would, you can't use your credit cards and your credit score would drop a little bit in the time frame. Why would you not consider doing something like that in order to get ahead? So it's sort of like one step back and two steps ahead versus living with perpetual debt, credit cards that have very little available credit and that you're at the tipping point if something happens in your home, somebody gets sick and can't work, somebody passes away, some um, something else happens that you that you seriously need, um, that you don't have the cash flow to keep up with your expenses anymore, then what? And most people are living in that realm. Most people are living with there's a tipping point. So they're so close to the edge that anything that happens will take them over that edge. So it could be having another baby. It could be you can't go to work. You're, um, there's a natural disaster and you're not like, look at the government shutdown. There's so many people who are living on the edge and just something, uh, you know, one triggering event that's beyond your control and what's really part of life happens and you have no backup plan and all of a sudden debt becomes, you know, a bigger issue for you. So, you know, when we're sitting down and having these discussions, we're talking about, you know, what's happening in your life? What are your goals? What is it that you want to accomplish? And why are you here in my office to talk to me? Um, and when, and most people have the same goal, they really don't want to live with debt. They really don't want to live in this perpetual state of I'm not getting anywhere. And this, this sucks. It's just, it's so stressful. You can't sleep at night. You're arguing with your significant other. You have a stomach ache. You're not feeling well. You just, you know, you're hoping that you get more money somehow. Uh, and you, and it's really, unless you take control of the situation, then it's just going to continue to perpetuate. It's an illness. It's a cough. So you can have a, you can have an ongoing cough and a lot of people don't like to go to the doctor and they wait and they wait and they wait. And that cough is really just annoying and hacking, but you're sick and you need to go to a doctor, but you make excuses for why you can't go. You don't have time. You don't want to pay the copay. You don't really have a doctor anymore. You don't want to wait. Whatever the reason is you do, you wait and that, that, that becomes bronchitis and then it becomes walking pneumonia and then it becomes a bigger issue that you, you know, really knocks you out. And that's what happens with debt. It's a looming, hacking, you know, little annoying cough. And then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger until you get to the point where you come to me. And most people say, I wish I found you nine months ago. I wish I met you a year ago. But the reality is most people aren't ready for me because it's a reality check to how do we fix this. And it's the same thing with the doctor. Not everybody goes to the doctor when they first feel the symptoms. They go later when it becomes bigger. Got it. When it becomes so painful that they don't really see a way out at this point. All right. So so who who should be coming to see you? Is Or when do you wish that the people would be coming to see you? So I wish people saw me earlier, for sure, just like they say when they get here. But 
it's not really realistic for me to have that expectation. But early on, when you're starting to look at your finances, if you're looking at your finances, uh, it's it's always a good idea to say, so let's talk about, let's say, student loans, for example. So with student loan people, I love when they come to me early before they take the loan. If you can come to me before you took a loan or before you're going to borrow from your 401k or before you're going to take a personal loan or before you're going to take a merchant account, merchant or business line of credit, that is the best time to come see me. I'm a financial attorney. I can see what happens down the road. It's like a liability. So I can tell you exactly what's going to happen if you go down road A, road B, or road C. So coming to me ahead of time, you can make better decisions. But let's assume that doesn't happen. So once you have that loan and you realize that you're having trouble making that loan, don't say, I know it'll get better. And or, you know, if this I can just close this one deal or if I could just get another job, the answer at that point is I still need I should really go see somebody like I should really go see Leslie because she uh, let me see where I'm at now. And at that point, you're still early enough that I can make some suggestions that things aren't out of control. Then, the, you know, the ball spirals and all of a sudden you can't meet one obligation. So you start moving money around from one creditor to another. You look for another credit card. You know, once you're in that place where you're looking to figure out how you're going to pay bills, you should stop. And you, you know, it's like overeating. You know, you have to stop when you feel your belly is full. When you start trying to figure out a way to pay bills with other loans and lending opportunities, that's when it, you have to say, I have a problem and I need to go see somebody. I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. I'm not going to force you into bankruptcy or tell you that's where you have to go. I'm also not going to tell you what to do. I'm only going to tell you what I see and make a diagnosis and tell you what options you're facing for you to make a good and informed decision about what's best for you. And I really want to stress the fact that just because your neighbor, your uncle, your cousin, or somebody else online did something doesn't mean that that's right for you. Your personal finances are like your DNA. No two are ever the same. So your household is different than my household. And my my priorities financially are different than your priorities financially. My income is different than yours. My American Express is different than your American Express. Believe it or not, even though they're the same bank, they can be treated completely differently. So just because you have a friend, neighbor, otherwise that did one thing, that doesn't mean that it's best for you. You have to figure that out, what's best for you on your own, and seek out somebody who is experienced, who understands you and your personal financial situation, and that's where I excel because I'm not some big uh, corporation that you know puts you into a formula. I'm going to look at you and say, okay, let's figure out your goals and your needs and how to fix this. And even though the fixing it is similar to how I might fix somebody else, the truth is that you and your situation, you and your family, you and your business are different than anybody else. And they need specialized attention to make sure that when we come out of this in that, you know, three to four year time frame, that you're exactly where you wanted to be. I like it. Well, Leslie, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? So your difference making tips. So, you know, awareness is the key to success with anything that you do. So be aware 
don't put your head in the sand. I know how stressful it is to, to not want to look at the bills and not want to figure things out. But awareness of what's happening will help you more than anything else. Well, I think that, that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Leslie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? How can they engage you? So lots of different ways. Obviously, I'm all over the internet, and my last name is spelled T-A-Y-N-E. So it's tainlaw.com, T-A-Y-N-E-L-A-W.com. You know, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on uh, Instagram, everywhere. So it's a simple Google search, and you put my name in, and you find me everywhere. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Leslie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. And I will list all the locations where you can find her in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!